Welcome to the Learning Scientist Podcast, a podcast for teachers, students, and parents about evidence-based practice and learning. This podcast is funded by the Chartered College of Teaching and listeners like you. To support our work and to gain access to exclusive content, check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash learning scientists. Hi, I'm Dr. Megan Samaraki, and this is a bite-sized research episode of the Learning Scientist podcast, where we briefly describe research on a specific topic. In the last episode, Carolina was talking about her CPD research and some of her service learning projects where she was trying to teach students to utilize effective learning strategies. So today, I'm going to be talking about a paper published in 2011 by Dr. Jennifer McCabe. The paper is titled Metacognitive Awareness of Learning Strategies in Undergraduates. So overall, Dr. McCabe found that undergraduate students are pretty largely unaware of what learning strategies are going to be effective and which ones are not likely to be effective. And she did find that some training in cognitive psychology classes helped, but overall undergraduates really didn't do a great job at identifying what strategies should help them learn and which ones are less likely to help them learn. So here's what she did. She actually studied six learning strategies based on published learning guides like the IES report written by Pashler and colleagues that we've talked about before, as well as some other learning reports that have been published. And the six strategies that she looked at are not the same as the six strategies that we usually talk about Although there is some overlap, it's just sort of a coincidence that she is looking at six. So the first three strategies were all related to cognitive load theory. Basically, the three strategies are looking at dual coding versus single coding, static versus animated media. So the idea being that sometimes animated media or videos are difficult for students to process because there's so much going on. And then low interest details versus high interest details. So things that students are interested in that are extraneous or essentially not very um, helpful for them to learn but can kind of distract them. And then the next three strategies were just based on um, other cognitive science. So testing versus restudying, spacing versus massing, and then generating versus not generating your own study materials. And when she wrote the scenarios for the students, they were written in a way that avoided using specific terminology representing the concept. So she didn't want the undergraduate students to just recognize a term and pick it because they knew that that was what the researcher wanted them to say. She wanted the undergrads to really be able to look at these scenarios and decide for themselves which process do they think is going to lead to better learning. So here's an example of one of the scenarios. And this one is describing generating versus non-generating. The scenario reads, two assignments ask students to learn the list of cranial nerves using a mnemonic device. Assignment A includes a commonly used mnemonic device provided by the instructor to assist students in their learning. Assignment B asks students to create their own mnemonic device to assist their learning. After two weeks, all students are asked to list the cranial nerves in order. So in the first study, college students were asked to predict which of these assignments would promote more learning relative to one another 
measured on that later test that was described. So the undergrads were basically indicating whether or not they thought assignment A would lead to a lot more learning than assignment B, whether they thought the two would lead to the same learning, or whether they thought assignment B would lead to a lot more learning than assignment A. And based on the science, assignment B should be rated as much better in terms of learning. So when the students create their own mnemonic device, this should help with their learning more than when they're provided one from the instructor. And so if the students know about effective learning strategies, they should pick assignment B and say that students would be better able to list the cranial nerves in order if they create their own mnemonic device compared to just if it's provided to them. Okay, so the results. Overall, these students, and there were over 200 undergraduate college students, the students were not very accurate at indicating which strategies would work best. And this is we're deciding which ones would work best based on cognitive science. So on average, most students only picked the strategy that's backed by evidence one out of six times. They seemed to best understand that generating scenario, the one that I used as an example. However, about 18% of the sample of students never picked the evidence-based learning strategy at all. So while most students could only get one, there were definitely some students who didn't get any, and the best score was four out of six. But again, on average, most of these students are only picking one. So in a second study, Dr. McCabe specifically wanted to look at undergraduate students who had instruction on effective learning strategies in psychology courses. So basically, does training in a psychology course help the students remember strategies that are effective and then be able to apply them when they're looking at these scenarios. So there were a handful of different groups of students. Some of the students were in an intro psych course that did not specifically cover these topics related to learning and memory. These students serve as a control and also as sort of a replication from study one. So just average college students who haven't learned about this, how often do they pick the effective strategies over the less effective strategies? There were a group of students um, who were learning about three of the strategies in their psychology courses. So they were learning about retrieval practice or testing, spacing versus massing, and then generation. And they were in either intro or cognitive psychology courses. And then the last group was a group of students who were reading and discussing all six of these strategies in an extensive way in a seminar course. So these are students who are in their psychology seminar primarily learning about effective learning strategies and looking at all six of these strategies. So as you would expect, the control group, the group of students who weren't learning about the strategies, were pretty similar to study one. So this shows a replication of the first study. For the most part, they're not picking the effective strategies over the ineffective strategies. Those that received some instruction on three of the strategies, they were in intro psych or in a cognitive course, they did seem a little bit better at identifying effective strategies and they were able to identify the effective strategy in two of the three scenarios. What's really interesting is they still did not recognize that spacing would be better than massing. So while most of them were able to say, yep, testing is going to be better than just restudying, and yep, generation is going to be better than just being given the materials myself, they still didn't pick spacing over massing. Now, the students who learned about all six of the strategies in the seminar were the best at identifying the strategies that would be effective in these scenarios, and on average, they recognized 4.3 out of 6. So that's better 
they're recognizing more of the strategies, but they're still not getting 100%. So even though they spent a whole semester talking about these strategies and reading the papers related to them and covering what is going to be effective in terms of learning and memory, they still weren't able to perform perfectly on these scenarios. And maybe expecting them to perform perfectly is too high of an expectation, but it is really interesting because if a student need a student needs to be able to identify a strategy that's going to be effective before we can expect the student to actually apply that strategy on their own. And so this really just points out the fact that we need more research on ways to help teach students about effective studying and learning strategies and ways to get them to take what they're learning and apply it, either in a scenario where they're saying, what would you do in this case? And then of course, more realistically, actually in their own studying. So this was a bite-sized research episode of the Learning Scientist podcast, and thanks for listening. This podcast is funded by the Chartered College of Teaching and listeners like you. To support our work and to gain access to exclusive content, check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash learning scientists.